Today, the topic of my message is the power of saying yes. I want to start out with Joshua 14. On the day Moses swore to me, the land on which your foot has walked will be your inheritance and that your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly, now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard when that heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helped me. I will drive them out just as he said. So, power of saying yes. Caleb was 40 when he went to spy out the land. We all know the story. Two spies said, yeah, we can take it. Ten said, no, we can't take it. There are giants in the land. They're, they're, they're huge. We just can't do this. Caleb says, because he was obedient to the Lord, and Moses said, everywhere you went in the hill country will be your land. He's 85 years old. There may be somebody here that's 85 or older, but this guy's ready to go to war. Physical war. Now, what was in that hill country? Does anybody know? Was it the Canaanite retirement home village? What was up there that an 85-year-old man is wanting to go up there and conquer? The Anakites. Does anybody know who the Anakites was? They were the giants. Caleb is wanting to take on the giants. He's not looking for the easy road. He's not looking for the retirement home where it would be easy just to roll in and take over. He's wanting what God promised him. And because he said yes, God was faithful. Even though Caleb had to wait 45 years, God was still faithful and he still got it. It says uh, the, the, he, he ran out the three sons of Anak. They escaped. They went to Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. Does any of them sound familiar? Does Gath sound familiar? Who do we know that came from Gath? Goliath. So they think that Goliath was a descendant of these people that that Caleb defeated. So don't think because you are up there in years that you're worthless. That you missed your, you missed your time. You missed your, because you haven't. If you say yes to God, it don't matter. As long as you're drawing breath, you can do what God has sent you to do. So, if an 85-year-old man 
can take on giants, what can we do? What can we do in the Spirit? You know, if you feel unqualified to do anything, you're pretty much ground zero. The crosshairs is on you because that's who God wants. Look at David. And, oh, and another thing I want to thank John. What an awesome job he did last Sunday. Even though he preached a third of my message. Thank you, John. You did an awesome job. But look at David. His father didn't even think that he was worthy enough to come to be see if he was going to be the next king of Israel. You know, it's the power of saying yes. Think about this. What if Abraham wouldn't have said yes? When God said, you're leaving your family, you follow me, I'll take you to a land that's going to be your inheritance. What if Abraham wouldn't have said yes? What if Jesus wouldn't have said yes? He had a choice. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. There was a real struggle going on there because he knew what was going to take place. But nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. So, let's look at Gideon, a man threshing wheat in a wine press. That ain't where you thresh wheat, but that's where he was at. And the angel comes and says, you know, mighty man of valor. I'm sure Gideon was like, is there somebody else in here besides me? He said, he said, you know, you're going to deliver Israel. He says, wait a minute, whoa, time out. You know, I'm of the smallest tribe of Israel. My family is the smallest tribe of the smallest tribe of the smallest tribe. How am I going to do anything? You see where I'm going with this. I am trying to, to debunk anything that the Satan may tell you that you're not worthy. You can't do the, the work of God because your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, you're not educated. Look what you've done. Do you realize that in my life I said no to God twice? He came to me one time, he said, the presence of God was so strong, I'm driving down the road crying like a baby. He says, you're going to preach. So I whipped right into Moses mode and told him all the reasons why this was a bad idea. And the, 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 the presence, you know, it, it, it kind of dissipated. And I thought, I dodged that bullet. You know, it's amazing when you get to talking to God, sometimes you actually, or at least me, I can't speak for everybody. It's like I'm talking to another human. I, my brain at that time wasn't computing. He knows everything. I'm not giving him information that he don't know. You know, he knows that I wouldn't get up in front of a high school class and read or, or give a report or anything. He knew that. He knew that I was shy and backward and the back seat was my most comfortable place. He knew that. He knew that I didn't read well. 
He knew that. So I, I went into full Moses mode. And the presence left. A little bit later, a month or so went by, it came again. I was smart enough to know that there was no need in me rehashing all the that I just did before. So I jumped right into Jonah mode. I got to run. I got to find a church that has all the bases covered because I was in the, we was at that time going to a real small church and I could see where I could maybe get plugged into ministry. I said, I got to go to a church that's got all these bases covered. They already got people to take care of everything. But the only thing I got to do is come in, sit in a pew, listen to a message, give my tithes, and be a good Christian. So I went to my wife. And I can't convince her, on, well, God's want me to preach, and I don't want to preach, so we're running. So I had to come up with a better, you know, the good Christian, the good Christian that I am, I got to come up with a better excuse. So, you know, it's our kids. We had young kids then. I said, you know, our, our church, you know, it's, it's small. There's no kids. There's nothing for Lacey and Josh. Let's, let's, you know, maybe move, find a better church that has something more for the kids. So that's how I sold it to her. So we go and we find this church that I went to as a teenager. They got pastors. They got laymen. They got Sunday school teachers. They got Wednesday night teachers. They got everything. So that Wednesday, me and my wife go to a Wednesday night Bible study. I sit there in the pew and I've got my Bible. I got all smiles. Then the lady that was running said, Hey, Glenn, why don't you come up here and teach? He almost had to hit me over the head with a rock, but that was the one that did. I said, okay, I can't, I've done everything I know to do. I've given you all the excuses. I've ran. I can't outrun you. So, okay. But I'm saying we are all qualified. I'm not qualified to stand up here. God qualified me. There is absolutely nothing in me that says I am qualified to be right here in this place, right here behind this pulpit. Not a thing. But God said, I qualify you. He qualifies each and every one that's sitting in these seats. You're qualified. Four Sundays ago, Pastor Heather did something, and I, I think that, in my opinion, broke the mold. You know, we, we've heard the, 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 the term, this is going to be the new norm. And usually it's something bad that we're going to have to start doing for the rest of our life, supposedly. I think Pastor Heather opened up a new norm four weeks ago. When she came up with the microphone and stood there and said, anybody that is full of the Spirit and just fills the Spirit all over them, come down and pray for me. Come down and pray for Pastor. Come down and pray for the, for the uh, worship team. Did you notice she didn't run down a list of qualifications you had to have to, to be able to come down and pray for these people? I may have missed it, but I only caught one. 
If you're full of the Holy Spirit, come pray for us. And there was people everywhere praying for people, touching them, touching other people. I got prayed twice. Hallelujah, it was awesome. But you see, these people had to say yes. And if God is moving on your heart to pray for somebody, pray for them. Don't let the enemy tell you you're unqualified, you're this, you're that. No, I'm qualified. I'm doing what God says. If you don't think that, that uh, you measure up, look who Jesus picked for His 12 disciples. Four fishermen. Uh, it's, yeah, let's pull that up, Matthew. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people as once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So those are the four fishermen that said yes. Look what a life they led. Look at the power they had by saying yes. Jesus even had a tax, a tax collector. Matthew. Who in the right minds will pick a tax collector to be a disciple? I mean, can you, can you imagine when, when Jesus is walking around, he's got his 12 following him. Can you imagine what the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes were thinking? You see, do you want to be an insult to Satan? Do what God tells you to do. Because, see, Satan don't think like us. I was listening to a pastor one time. Satan likes to battle with like royalty. People of high stature. It's an insult to him that, that common folk like us that don't have a prince, king, some duke, some kind of title in front of our name to actually have authority over him. Think about this. I was reading Revelations. Can you imagine the insult it was? Satan is coming to take over heaven. And God don't even... He says, hey, Michael, take care of this for me. Take care of this little inconvenience for me. Can you imagine what an insult that was? Could you imagine what was going through Satan's mind? Man, I'm, try, I'm taking over his kingdom and he's not even worried about me. Let's be an insult to Satan. Let's stand up and say, I'm a child of the Most High King. I am royalty. 
I may not have a Duke, King, Prince anywhere around my name, but I'm a king's kid. And the same authority that kicked you out of heaven all those years ago is the same authority I walk in. The same authority that I walk in is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So today's the day. you got to go. So don't think that you're ever unqualified. You know, a lot of people think, well, you've got to go to Bible college and do all that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not a thing wrong with that. I never spent one day in college. The closest I got to it was watching my wife graduate. So, as long as you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit and saying yes to God and saying yes to God's plans, we can be unstoppable. Do we want to see revival in this church? Say yes to God. We want to see Fairmont radically saved for God? Say yes to God. We want to see Marion County, West Virginia, the whole United States on fire for God? Where does it start? It starts by saying yes to God. If we say no, nothing's going to happen. I mean, even people said no to Jesus' face. I mean, you know, the, 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 the young ruler that said, Jesus, what must I do to in, in receive, this is my version, to receive eternal life? And Jesus basically says, well, follow the Ten Commandments. He says, I've done that ever since I was a youth. He goes, okay, sell everything you own, give it to the poor, and follow me. He said, no, I can't do that. Because the Bible says he was rich. He says he turned and walked from Jesus. So do not let the devil give you any condemnation because God maybe said, I want you to do this 10 years ago and you've been saying no for 10 years. Today's the day to say yes. Today's the day is to step into God's plan. You know, like I said, I think Pastor Heather started something and I think it's going to build. I think every Sunday is going to be a new norm. Every Sunday there's going to be, well, that wasn't like last Sunday. This is so much better. I didn't think it could be any better, but it's better. The worship's better. The message is better. Praise God. The presence of God is here heavier than it was last Sunday, the Sunday before. And it all starts by saying yes. Amen. So today, is today the day you're going to say yes? We got uh, Sammy and the worship team going to come up here. They're going to sing a song. And it's going to be a declaration to this message. We're going to declare to the, to the unseen realm, to ourselves. We're going to build our faith up. You know, that's why he says don't forsake the gathering of each other because we're going to build ourselves faith up. We're going to support each other. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to have people down front to pray for you. And if you have never accepted Jesus Christ into your life as personal Lord and Savior, today's the day. Today is your Independence Day. Come down to one of these people up here standing and say, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've wasted enough time.
I've wasted enough energy following the devil. Now I want to follow Jesus. So, as, as they sing this song, you're dismissed. Uh, if you want prayer, if you just want to sit there and, and, and sing this declaration with us, you're, you're welcome to do that. But today is your Independence Day. I'm trading my sorrows I'm trading my shame I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord I'm trading my sickness I'm trading my pain I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord And I say yes Lord, yes Lord, yes, yes Lord Yes Lord, yes Lord, yes, yes Lord Yes Lord, yes Lord, yes, yes Lord, amen And I say yes Lord, yes Lord, yes, yes Lord Yes Lord, yes Lord Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. I'm trading my sorrows, I'm trading my shame, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness I'm trading my sickness I'm trading my pain I'm laying them down For the joy of the Lord And I say yes, Lord, yes Yes, yes, Lord Yes, Lord, yes, Lord Yes, Lord Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. And I say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. We say yes to prayer promises. And I say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. And I say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen.